Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Well, we're doing a panel. This will be fun. We were prepping for this fast, and it just seemed so um, incongruent to be in the middle of this fast and to be in our normal teaching series or whatever. Like, it just seems so, like, let's give the whole attention while we're in this fast to what's going on. And so uh, we taught uh, a number of weeks leading up to the fast about aspects of what we're going to be doing and focusing on in prayer. And then tonight we're going to do a panel. Next week, uh, Caitlin is going to cover the the subject of Israel, which is obviously our main focus in this fast. And then the final Saturday of our fast, we're going to do a night of intercession. So it'll be uh, just all of us together going for it. Um, I just think that'll be a good time. Um, Andy, could you pass that this way? Is that ready? Thanks, sir. Um, So um, what we're focusing on tonight, and, you know, you've got the question opportunity to be able to ask questions. Uh, What we're focusing on tonight so that we can kind of stay on the same page is really we're just wanting to talk about this fast and, like, what it means to us as a community and what's happening and I wanted to uh, interview our senior staff and kind of let them, you know, speak to some things that uh, you know they've been experiencing and processing. Uh, you know why we're doing this. So pieces. So um, I just had a couple of thoughts, and then I'll jump into some questions. But um, one of the things that's <clears throat> been just interesting for us as a ministry in this is how many people have been engaging online. Um, I've gotten multiple text messages from people out of state and out of city that have been uh, plugging in. A pastor from Georgia texted me today, and he was like, hey, just been watching you guys, you know, online. I was like, for real? <laughs> like, uh, I was talking to a business owner in the uh, area who's, you know, kind of a, on the fringe of our community, and he says, yeah, each night uh, I've either been watching IHOP's um, streaming or yours. I was like, Okay. Um, anyway, I'm just, and others from, you know, other cities and other states, I've just, it's really been interesting that people have been really connecting and engaging with us. So that's kind of a fun thing. I share that to say there's more with us uh, than that we're able to see, you know, in the natural. There's, there's more online. Um, so uh, you can text the questions as you have them, uh, and then I'm going to do my best to uh, get to those. We might save them all for the end, or I might, you know, catch a few of them in between if they kind of line up with what we're um, uh, talking about at the moment. So uh, just kind of lightheartedly, just kind of, you know, get us started. Um, so uh, you didn't prepare for this one. Uh, just any favorite moments thus far that you guys just in this? I mean, the room was packed. So, I mean, our staff was in here. And uh, I'm trying to remember who, who said it, but it was like we didn't have the energy to be engaging in the way that we were, but there was just grace to press in and everyone was going for it. And it was just, it was fiery. It was sweet. And I loved it. Yeah. Amen to that. Anybody else in the other moments? I kind of liked watch Colleen cry and pray. That was, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. She was going for it. That was, that was a powerful moment. I love just seeing in the prayer meeting and the door opens up and you're like, what, what are my friends? Is it going to be now? <laughs> yeah. There's been so much traffic in and out. Um, it's just been so 
so enjoyable to see people coming here. So it's been really fun. Yeah, I, the the feeling of Acts two and Acts four, where they were always together praying. I mean, that has been heightened because I've gotten to see so many of your faces every day. And while I've gotten over the years to see so many of your faces multiple times a week, I don't know that I've ever gotten to see them every day. And so that's just been really like rich. It's been, that's, it's been cool. Any other favorite moments? I enjoy seeing people almost like fighting over prayer seats. And like, they're like, but, but you don't, not everyone necessarily wants to like sit in the prayer seat. So people will kind of look like, am I, if I, if I go right now, would I be the next person? Or just the whole like politics of who's going to pray next and who's in line to pray is just really kind of interesting and entertaining to keep an eye on. But like, seriously, it's really cool to see that so many people are so engaged and so want to pray. So really it's, it's, it's a powerful, awesome thing. Yeah. I've never seen Robbie run so fast in his life. Then when it was the first time of prayer for Israel, he like sprinted up here. I and will also, be first. I will be. And also that guy, he did it. His, he led his first um, uh, uh, Israel intercession set, and he came up there. He was so excited. I could see it in his face. And he like uh, was singing some songs in Hebrew, and was just I was just like, this is the best Israel set ever. So great. Now this is coming from Luke, who totally cut off Christy the other day. Christy was trying to get up, and Luke just like made it be like, Christy just looked at him and sat right back down. I was like, it was classic. I laughed out loud. That was a, that was a good moment. I really like the fact that the visitors that have been coming around, not only that they're here, but that they're starting, they, they've started to get comfortable with our model, and yeah. they've started not just coming up to pray on the mic, but also doing the model and using scripture and praying from yeah. that scripture and just... Yeah. They're like, it's one of those things. It's like where you'll you're either taught it or you're caught it, and yeah. they caught it. So yeah, and there's multiple of them who have been showing that. It's so fun. Like this is proving to be. I mean, I don't think we were thinking about any of that byproduct. It wasn't on my mind. I was just thinking, oh, no eating. Uh, but this has proven to like really, really be good in a lot of ways that I'm expecting will have long-term impact. I mean, we're praying for all the spiritual stuff, but just the natural things of relational connection, people feeling comfortable with the model, you know, people coming up here more. I just, all that is just, this is good. It's good. Okay. So turn that one on its head. What about hardest moments so far for you personally? Any hardest moments that you'd share? So my nephew just turned uh, 18 this week, and his birthday party was today. So I, I got to go to the birthday party. Got to go. That's a it lot was, of fun right there. It was kind of hard. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Been a couple of fuzzy moments for me, more than a couple, just in the room where it's kind of like, I'm in here, but I'm not really with you people <laughs> right now. And so just trying to... Trying to, you can do this, and then kind of lay my head down for a minute like, you can't do this. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You will. <laughs> yeah, I had a conundrum where it's like early mornings with no coffee, real struggling. And I'm like, normally when I get, normally when I get tired, I stand up and pace. But I'm like, I'm too tired to like stand up and pace. So do I stand up and pace or do I 
try to not fall asleep when I'm sitting. So it was a really tough decision. <laughs> tough decision. Luke, Luke just reminded me the other hard part is no coffee. Oh, yeah, no coffee. That's the other one. Hey, I got to jump on you suckers because I gave up caffeine like a few weeks before because I knew where we were going here. See? And it served me well, I'm just saying. Why didn't you tell us? I wanted to be able to have this reveal moment <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> I know this is a this is a boohoo night watch thing, <laughs> but uh, I've been I've been sleeping in a lot more, and <laughs> and the problem is I wake up when it's time to leave to come back here, <laughs> and it's like uh, no time no no free time is any free time I do have is stuck is, is stuck trying to like make food for myself so that I can prepare to be here in my liquid fast. Um, but because I need to prepare all of those things. And so when I'm not here, I'm either trying to prepare the food or getting the food to satisfy that that fasting area of my it's just and then I, I wake up and I'm like, I'm not energized as much as I was. You're a mess right now, Tyler. We, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. we, yeah, no, we we feel it. We feel you. It's, I think you articulated that quite well. Um, okay. All right. Well, good. Well, uh, you know, we. I just want to talk about how we got into this, and really, I want you guys to you know kind of weigh in more than anything. Just. Contextually, I mean, we're in a 21-day fast, but how did we get here? How did we, what was our processing like around the senior staff conversation in the weeks leading up to the decision of we're going to do it and kind of describe what, um, you know, what did that process look like and how did we get into this fast? Apparently, I'm going to talk now. As I remember, Brad was invited to a Zoom meeting or like to kind of eavesdrop on a meeting that Mike, Mike Bickle in Kansas City was doing with a bunch of leaders describing this like whole dramatic prophetic storyline that seemed to have like a whole bunch of different angles and like 21 day fast for revival in America because Bob Jones and this and also Israel. And it was just like so many things. And Brad came back to like our senior staff and he's like, Mike just said a bunch of stuff, and I'm not really sure what's going on, but we're doing it. It's God we're in. And so we, we were like, okay, now how do we announce this to our staff? Because we're still really confused, but it's clearly God, so we're doing it. And over the next couple of weeks, the focus really solidified more on Israel, and then we kept some of the original um, revival thought process that had been kind of originally in what Mike was saying. Um, so we got slightly less confused, but it started out pretty confusing. Is it a 21-day fast or a 22-day fast? It's 22, but everybody says 20. It's a 22-day fast called 21. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's how we roll. Yeah, just, and just to add on that, like, we were, we were um, yeah, IHOP was getting clarity um, about what the fast was going to be about. And as, the, as they were in kind of this limbo of, like, no one's Israel-related, like, we, we've just seen the significance over and over again of the 40-day the fast, 40 uh, 40 years ago, the fast that Mike Bickle did that was primarily centered on revival for America. And we've, we've had that in our hearts and prayed that and been stewarding that um, for years and years now. And so we, kind of in the limbo of waiting for IHOP, we're like, we need to communicate something to our staff. And so we're going to do the Israel thing, but then we're really going to like go for like, let this be the, the fulfillment of the 40-year uh, fast and all the words that were given. So that's, that's why if, if, you're, if you've watched a web stream of other 
of IHOP or another ministry, like a lot of them are very Israel-focused, which is fantastic. Um, and ours kind of has that revival in America uh, uh, snuck in there, too. Um, and just a bonus point, they're actually all related. Revival in America, revival in Israel, like they, they all are absolutely connected. So um, praying for one is serving the other. Yeah, when we were on that Zoom call, it was there was leaders from all across the world that were on the Zoom call. And Mike, the call is Mike um, announcing to his core leadership at IHOP, we're doing this fast, and it's going to be awesome. And so he's... He's directing the entire conversation and fast and invitation to his staff without any contextualization for the rest of the earth that is also on this Zoom call. And so I'm buddies with a dozen of the guys that are on the call. We're all texting each other like, I'm in, are you in? Yeah, I'm in, but what is it? I don't know. I couldn't figure that out. I, I'm sure we'll get it later, you know, and... And so, uh, so uh, Gary uh, De Pasquale in Jersey, he goes, he goes. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm confused. He said, uh, I'm for sure in. I'm for sure in. Don't don't hear that I'm not. He said, but I have absolutely no idea what Mike is saying right now. <laughs> he said, uh, he said you need to ask him. And I said, I love how I'm being volunteered. He goes, Oh, you're already talking to him about you know this other thing. It'll be fine. You just you need to you need to email him and and ask him you know these questions about. And I was like, I had all the same questions Gary did because when this thing was first announced, it came from, it had nothing to do with Israel. The fast originally was not about Israel at all as far as anybody knew. It was Dave Slyker saying to Mike, hey, the 40-year anniversary of our 21-day fast for Revival in America is coming up. Don't you think we ought to do something for the 40-year, like shouldn't we do a probably like a commensurate 21-day fast, you know, kind of like... And, uh, and Mike was like, man, that's got to be it. That's the Lord. We got to do that. So they were already settled on a 21-day fast that was going to be, uh, you know, kind of like the exclamation point on the 21-day fast of 1983 for the drought in America to end and for revival to break out. And so, uh, so that storyline's being told, but then they throw in Israel. And on this call, they throw in Israel kind of light. They don't, Israel wasn't the main focus of the Zoom call. <clears throat> But then they were like, oh, but then there's this 100 million people that are going to be gathering, and then Lou Engle's going to already be in Jerusalem. They listed off like 12 things of why we should do this fast and what it was all about, and it sounded very exciting and holistically confusing. And so when we got together and we're like, hey, we're going to do it, it took us weeks to figure out, okay, we're doing it, but what is it? And after we've defined it, what are we going to pray for, and how do we call our staff and our community into this? Because if we don't get some clarity, we're just going to be rambling idiots. And it's going to be tough to say yes to that fast. And so that's where we really landed on, uh, you know, our threefold focus of Israel for the ending of the drought in America and then for God's promises over our region, uh, which include our ministry. And honestly, I, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how everybody else is calling this fast well, just on Israel with so little clarity about what that is, and so little clarity in the body of Christ about Israel. I said, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive call that anybody said yes, <laughs> So, uh, with as little understanding as there is. Um, okay, so you know, I just labeled the three things that we've been praying for. Uh, what's our history in praying for these things? Kind of un unpack that a little bit. You could, any one of you could pick one of the three things uh, and, and kind of 
you know, describe what as a ministry have we been praying for over the years or how, how have we contended for that or how has that been a part of our genetics and our DNA? Well, <clears throat> from the very early, I mean, within the first year or two, well, let me back up, give a little bit of context. So we didn't have really any topics to begin with when we first started praying in the living room. It was like, oh, God, help, send revival, send more people to pray for revival, and don't forget to help. And so we did that for a while, and we did, we did that, you know, seven days a week, 5 a.m., and then when we launched the, the night prayer meeting, we kind of did that more. Uh, but but uh, we started to get some uh, structure, and one of the first points of that structure was we designated a topic for each of the, the prayer times as well as, you know, a, a specific prayer leader who was going to lead that meeting. So it, it, there was no confusion of who that was. But anyway, uh, one of the first ones was Israel. We established Israel on Saturday morning, and that was uh, originally pray for a buddy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the first topic we came up with was pray for a buddy on Saturday morning. And uh, that was... Very theologically sound. Yeah. So, uh, so that was what we were praying for on Saturday mornings, and I just felt the Lord saying like call calling us into friendship with the lord like the if you're my friend these are the things that are in my heart pray for these things too and so spe- specifically regarding israel and so i remember going to brad and and i said hey i just feel like the lord's really kind of nudging and, and giving some leadership that saturday morning would be the israel set and he's like that's great because that's already what i have here and so there was there was already this this kind of agreement that. i already had it on the schedule that's right that was great. It was great. And, uh, and so from, uh, from the very early beginnings, we've been praying for Israel Saturday morning, and, and I got to uh, lead that set for a uh, decade plus, and uh, it was, it's so deeply rooted in, in this ministry. And, and we really uh, had to find our way in that of, of what, how, how and why do we pray for Israel? You know, what are the priorities and, and how do we do this theologically and, and all those other things. But we, we've started it very early. That's a really good point. I remember those, I mean, really the first three to six months, we were pretty, I mean, we were very green and we were pretty unclear on what we were to pray. And I'm sure we prayed heretical things. We prayed mean things. We prayed, I mean, we just prayed all sorts. Of, we didn't know what we were doing. We knew we were supposed to pray, but we didn't know what or how. And it took some learning uh, and, you know, having come from only backgrounds that didn't have any sort of value for Israel, uh, it was just such a learning curve that, that took, uh, you know, some time. And so, but, but for, call it 16 years or more, something like that, because uh, we're at 17 and a half now, so it's got to be at least 16 years that we've been praying for Israel at least weekly. Uh, so that's that's great. What else on these other points, or if somebody wanted to say more on Israel? The question again is, what's our history in praying for these things? Well, I mean, I know that the topic of revival, like even before, um, like the prayer room started, Brad had some significant encounters and words over his life about being part of revival and help leading different aspects of that. And so that was like even before the ministry started. And so... You know, we kind of hit the ground running from that um, early on. And over the years, we've been part of all sorts of different revival um, initiatives, been praying for it a whole bunch. I'm just remembering, um, even in our region in uh, 2017, Revive Texas, 50 Days of Evangelism and Prayer. 
Uh, we were 24-7, like, praying, Lord, touch the lost in our city, touch the lost in our city, like, 50 days contending for that. And so we have these different, you know, consistent history of revival. And then whenever, there, whenever there's, like, an opportunity to jump at something, like, how can we go the extra mile and then really be all in plus for praying for revival, like, we're signing up for that. And so this is, revival is not a new well that we're drinking from. This is one that we've been, been contending for for years and years. I mean, apart from this fast, the only other time we've ever gone this hard, and we're probably going harder now, actually, than even during Revive Texas, uh, but the only other time that we really had a, just a, a concerted effort on a focused point was actually on the subject of revival in the region for those 50 days that we were 24-7 as the kind of the prayer hub for Revive Texas. So, so that, that's, yeah, I mean, our two times have been revival in Israel, so that's... Yeah, that's pretty cool. Any other history points that you guys want to? Yeah, I mean, you know, over the over the years, there's been a number of solemn assemblies called either nationally or, or yeah. statewide or, or regionally or whatever. And you know, we've we've always made it an effort, uh, made it a point to to put in effort and be a part of, of that. Um, I mean, all the calls that Lou Engel uh, did over the years, uh, whether it was near or far, we we had some representation at those. Uh, and I'm just thinking about the uh, the one that was last year, year before, at, at the center of Texas, um, the uh, heart of Texas. Thank you. I just think, see, meet me at the field. That's all I think of. But anyway, that's the T-shirt. Um, but you know, there's this statewide call to to Christians of Texas come to the center point of Texas in Brady, Texas, and uh, you know, we drive there, and I'm like. TPR is here. That's pretty cool. You know, TPR had such a strong showing. I don't know what the percentage was, but but there was a, a very uh, uh, strong showing from TPR, and it was it was really cool to see. Yeah. All right, we did it. We'll go to the next one. Um, all right, so how are things going for you so far in this fast? So you just personally and. In the prayer room, so the fasting side, the praying side, <clears throat> just kind of personally, how are you doing? How is how is this fast going for you? Yeah, um, I there's there's been a lot that's been going on in my own personal heart during this. Um, first of all, the doing the liquid fast, I got that. Um, for those who don't know, I got that in a dream from the Lord to just. Do a liquid fast during this because I, I think I've had some fear of long fasting because the last time I signed up for a 21-day fast, I fainted on the third third day, and uh, ever since then I have <laughs> been a little wary about doing a long extended fast. So I was grateful for the dream, but um, I've if you've noticed me in the prayer room at all, just trying lifting my hands to like the full extent that I can, you know, just fully eyes lifted up, hands raised. It's, I'm not doing that because I'm super spiritual or because I'm feeling the moment. I'm doing that because I've connected something with myself and that it's, there's so much that is related to just that action of being fully submitted to the Lord and really trying to focus as all, all of you can to be in this position, physically in this position takes all of your focus and your energy to really just pour out something on the Lord. And I've noticed that my heart 
And I've been doing that because I've noticed that my heart has been callous for so many years. And I used to do that in, in days when I was in high school and every, I would spend every day, one hour a day, just praising the Lord and just in that same posture. And I haven't felt, I haven't felt the closeness that I have because I didn't do that since starting college and going up to, to even working here. And I, I've kind of let that go. And, uh, and I kind of settled for just like being in the room and just kind of being like this or whatever. But I was like, you know, I'm going to really try to press into the Lord in this moment. And, and it's funny, it was painful for me to do this. And it really shows you in, in a room that doesn't have anointed music, in a room that doesn't have all of the, the, the natural call for us to lift our hands and praise, uh, it really shows you how callous your heart actually is. And it really shows how how much pain it is to get your heart to a place to respond to the Lord in his presence. And so I've been doing it more and more. And as I've been doing it, I've just felt it's like peeling those one layers, one layer off at a time of that callousness and being able to really, it feels like the days of old when I was in my bedroom and the Lord encountered me in that personal like revival season that I had. And I've been able I've been able to feel the Lord's presence in such a more significant way. I think fasting obviously is a part of that, wow. but um, but the uh, it when you do that, it's really humbling because <laughs> you're we're, our culture normally isn't that in this room. We typically yeah. just sit in our in our uh, in our chairs and just kind of engage Lord in this space. But I just encourage you guys. Uh, this has been something that has really that physical act of just being. You know, looking at Daddy God, just raising your hands, looking at him, wanting that connection has been pushing my heart to engage in that level that I, I remember in a, in a new level for me in this season. And now my heart feels a lot more open and connected so and job. just resting in his presence. And Just to take away on that, <clears throat> it's not this specific act for all of us because Tyler's got history in that posture, but an, an over-the-top reach, like an intentional, I'm going to really press in sort of a reach and finding that uh, for yourself, whatever that is. Maybe it's singing out loud because you don't like to you know, or whatever. I, I'm, it's not like a prescription, but, but finding that where it's like, I'm going to be in this room and I'm going to really reach for the Lord. And, uh, and whatever that looks like for you, and, and pressing yourself to do that and to engage that way and to ask the Lord in faith to meet you uh, in that reach. And a lot of times he will. So that's, that was great. And one, one, uh, on that note, one, one like, thing I feel like the Lord gave me to engage the whole time is um, like uh, after I get, get up here and pray, I go you know, have my seat and then um, I'll either like stand behind my chair or I'll just sit in my chair. Um, but like I found like just just like intentionally engaging with every single person who's up there praying, like yeah. listening to their prayers and yeah. just stealing little short phrases, which we, I mean, that's one of our prayer tips. We say, do this, but I've, I haven't made a habit of that, but I found that so like strengthening because of the weakness of what I feel. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to press in for 30 minutes, but if I'm literally just stealing, you know, you know, Tom Ferris's phrases and I'm just like just praying them back to God, it's like, he's given everything for me. Some of those phrases I'm, are dangerous, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I just found that it's so helpful to engage my heart and like to pray with like minimal 
effort. Like it, it doesn't really cause. I'm like, Lord, yes, do that. And it's, that's that's been so helpful. And then also just on this fast, it's been. I've had so many moments of like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I'm like, you know, the questions of like, why are we doing this? Like, what's going on? I sure miss miss food. And it's been like so. Like I feel like the Lord gave me like day two, like this really incredible gift of like. Whenever that happens, I just think, remind myself, like, there's 5 million people praying around the world, 5 million, this corporate fast that's, like, the most epic fast ever in history. Like, you can stir yourself up a little, Luke. You can yeah. reach a little more. Like, don't miss this opportunity. And I've found that to be, like, this, this jolt. Every, every single time I've, I face that, um, like, that jolt of, like, this is the most corporate thing, like, I can think of that the body of Christ has participated in in the place of prayer and so that's been such a strength in those moments of weakness and kind of disillusionment. Yeah, you, we all need stuff to stir ourselves up. Because fasting and praying for as much as we are doing around here. I mean, for all of you that have committed to an hour a day because your work schedule is fat and you're coming up here for an hour or two a day. Like that is a tremendous commitment. And to be in this room that much, you've got to have some go-to stir yourself up in your most holy faith kind of things. And so to catalog some of these, like, okay, you know, there's 5 million people around the earth doing it. Uh, this is one of the, the most epic moments in the body of Christ globally in history. This is part of a 40-year promise. I mean, having some of these things to remind yourself so that it's like, get up out of the chair and go pray on the microphone. You know, it's like, you know, okay, get, get your head off the pillow. It's time to... Get, get up, get up, man of God, get up. Um, you know, just those little things to stir yourself, those are important details, so that's good. What, who else, anybody else on this fast, how things are going for you? I've been really feeling uh, grace in the fasting part, um, so that's, that's been welcomed and encouraging. Yeah. Um, on, the, uh, on the prayer side, um, I've, I've really been trying to tap into to some of those things too, because if I don't, I am like so distracted, like yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh! I, I feel like pro probably the weakness is like, cling to some comfort, man. Find something that will give you a little bit of comfort, and and if I'm not careful, I'll I'll go there, you know, big time, you know, whether that's scrolling through an email or you know doing whatever. But uh, those little those little things that Luke was saying, and there are several others that are are so helpful to fight that distraction and like we I, I know I just don't want to have not eaten for you know however however long like this is a fast like I was I'm trying to engage and uh yeah so it's good it's good uh just I throw this out I try to do this often because people tell me it's encouraging it sounds very discouraging in my mind but somehow people are encouraged by it I rarely, like, almost never encounter the Lord while fasting. I'm miserable when I'm fasting. I'm not encountering God at all. I am encountering my flesh, and I'm pretty cranky. I encounter God after the fast, and I always do. And so I just want to encourage some of you that might be in that same boat of, like, man, it's tough or whatever. I don't feel like, I don't feel grace. I don't feel God. I feel angry. I feel like... Get this over with. 21 days be gone in Jesus' name. And, and so, anyway, I just, I, I just want to have that be another point of reflection because uh, my personal experience in fasting is not normally 
encounters with the Lord and like I feel his sweetness in his presence. I, I it all comes for me later. It, 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 and I do get it, but it's just not while I'm fasting. I'm just, I am so carnal. All I feel is carnal. So uh, just want to throw that out there for anybody else that might be as dull in heart as me. Um, okay, uh, what, what revelations have come to you either during this fast or leading up to it or as you've heard others pray? I just want to see if there's any revelations that have hit. Um, you know, we often pray around here, Ephesians 1.17, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we'd know him better. And here we are in a fast praying for, really for his heart and uh, to, to understand his heart and then to, to pray for the fullness of his purposes for Israel as well as revival. And so it would be fitting that in a fast, while we're praying for those things, that we would be getting little inspirations of revelation from the word, from uh, topics that we heard prayed or sung leading up to this fast, that we would be getting some revelation about the stuff that we're going to be praying for. So that's kind of the context of this question. So I'm just asking again, any revelations that have come to you either during or leading up to this fast about what all we've been praying for? See you eyeing that thing. There you go, Christy. Okay. I think the first morning of the fast is I was just more struck with the feeling, but it was related to like the Lord giving a revelation of just how Israel has borne like so much pain over being the people of God and hated and facing the rage of Satan and him wanting to, to destroy, you know, them so that they don't have to um, or so that they couldn't be the ones welcoming back Jesus and just feeling like we're receiving all the blessings. Wow. And in the midst of that, just feeling deep pain over them. Like if there's anything I can do to cover over them so that they don't keep having to feel the pain without experiencing the blessing. Um, so yeah. It's huge. Of course that was Christie's. <laughs> I don't know that any of us are deep enough to have gotten that one except Chris. That was pretty profound. <clears throat> well, I'll throw in one or two of mine while you guys think. Uh, I had a couple of cool ones, I mean, that were meaningful to me that I just know I will carry for the rest of my life, those sorts of moments. Um, I, was, I was either praying or hearing somebody pray Isaiah 62 and, uh, and relating it to the 100 million uh, intercessors for Israel. And the thought came to me, when God inspired uh, Isaiah to, to write down Isaiah 62 God knew what the end of the age would look like and when God said you know I've posted watchmen on your walls God had in mind the end of the age here and when Bob Jones spoke over Mike Bickle that Mike's ministry was going to inspire was going to help recruit or enlist a hundred million intercessors God was thinking about Mike Bickle, Bob Jones, the end of the age, and 100 million intercessors. When he spoke to Isaiah, write Isaiah 62, I posted Watchmen on your walls. And the, the thought came to me for the first time ever, we've always been reading Isaiah 62, trying to get inspiration for what to pray for at the end of the age. But I really feel like what we're praying for at the end of the age was always what it, what's happening was always what God had in his heart 
when he wrote Isaiah 62. And so just this, this flip-flop of like, oh my gosh, the hundred million intercessors for Israel isn't a cute idea. It's biblical prophecy. It is Isaiah 62. Like that was what God meant. <laughs> now at that time, Israel didn't even know it was going to go to the Gentiles. So, but God knew. And so when God said, Isaiah, right? Isaiah 62, I posted watchmen on your walls and they won't be silent until Jesus comes back and, and establishes Jerusalem. Like, oh my gosh, we're, we're walking out biblical prophecy. Like we are experiencing a fulfillment of, of biblical prophecy. And anyway, that just struck me in a really profound way. I was like, man, this is really cool. So, so that was a big one for me. Anything else? Any other revelations? I got another one, so y'all just, if you don't got nothing, I, I got some. Okay, so another big one for me. Uh, anytime I, I think about uh, praying for revival, and anytime Second Chronicles 7.14 comes up, um, which, of course, that comes up a lot in our context for various reasons. Every time Second Chronicles comes up, uh, 7.14, for the last decade or more, three questions come to my mind. How many, how long, and how deep? And that the question being, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, how many people, God? Five? Like, would that do it? Probably not. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, well, how, how long do they have to pray for? Five minutes? Fifteen minutes? Twenty minutes? Like, how, how long? Probably a lot more than a few minutes. And how deep does the intercession have to be? How real does the prayer level have to be? If you gathered the whole planet, but everybody was, like, not really praying, they're just on their phones then that wouldn't count. Like, there's a measure of how deep. And so the question that I always ask is, how many, how deep, and how long? In relationship to 2 Chronicles 7.14, I can't even read the verse or hear it without having those three questions hit my spirit, and in my mind. And here was the thing that, that struck me. This is probably the greatest response in human history to 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, the context is fasting, they'll gather together, they'll pray, they'll repent, they'll own it, they'll operate in humility, and they'll ask God for stuff, they'll intercede, then I will bring healing. I'm like, when have we ever had 5 million people rallied around something for a day? How about for 21 days? How about for 21 days in the midst of a fast? How about for 21 days in the midst of a fast, in the midst of a prayer movement that was already built for this? I was like, we are actually, we right now are doing 2 Chronicles 7.14 in possibly, probably, I don't know all of history, but I, I mean, before social media, you couldn't gather 5 million people unless the nation, a nation called the people to do it. And Israel's population historically hasn't been 5 million people. So I'm like... I kind of think we're in like the biggest Second Chronicles 7.14 moment in human history. And we're getting to do it and be a part of it. And as people that carry revival and really care about that, that just was really meaningful to me. So, I know like a lot of the, um, not necessarily revelation, but like I've been getting tons of like on our prayer themes when we go up to pray, like God has been giving me verses or ways, like different angles of praying for revival or different angles to pray for things that I never thought about. And verses, and so it's been. I've been praying tons of new verses, um, and it's just been so fun. Like one I can think of is like praying for the peace of Jerusalem, um, which is kind of a mysterious. Like, how do you do that? Um, but like, he gave me this like verse. He's like, hey, like declare or like 
speak out a prophetic promise and then like pray that the church in Israel in Jerusalem would be like strengthened by that promise like they would see that word they would be they would hold on to the end of the story to strengthen them in the midst of the present you know situation and so it's just a different angle of seeing things and he so God's been been doing that with so many so many times in the prayer room so that's that's kind of been the most like I guess revelatory part is just new Bible verses new ways of praying things new ways of seeing things Sorry, I was distracted. There were people saying things. Um, yeah, I, I liked uh, John Stokes' approach uh, today on how he was going to get the spirit of wisdom and revelation on what to pray. Uh, he, I'm sitting right here, and John comes and sits right next to me, and he opens his Bible and just lets it plop open to wherever it is. <laughs> and it's Proverbs 5, and he goes, I'm praying out of Proverbs 5. And I was like, good luck on that, buddy. <laughs> He landed it. I mean, he did it. Mostly. It was, there was revelation on it. There was also a little something else, but it was, it was enjoyable. I was like, good job, man. Way to use the sword. So, um, okay, well, why don't we do this? I'll, we'll ask a couple of questions here. Uh, what's the hardest thing? This is coming off of uh, questions that are being texted in. What's the hardest thing you've ever, ever had to say no to while fasting? Free food at work. Oh, free food at work is the dirtiest. Whenever, whenever you decide to fast, something triggers in someone's mind. I'm get, I've never brought food before, but this time I'm bringing free food. And it's like, of course you would. Free food at work. Like emptying, other fasters like emptying their, their refrigerators on the tables at TPR. Oh, yeah, that's no good. Those darn Chick-fil-A coupons they send every now and again for free sandwiches. It just always comes at the wrong time. With the de- expiration being like the yes, next you yes. know, day or that day, Come right? Come on. What is that? How does that even happen? That's just... The demons are real. You know demons are real because they are playing Chick-fil-A and they're getting like those expiration dates moved up or something and sent... Uh, that. Yeah, okay. All right. Good. Um, how about this one? Do you feel like the Lord is speaking something specific over TPR during this fast? I think, I think the Lord's calling us to delight in his house and just delight in being here and finding, finding that place that kind of that Psalm 27, for reality of us being, uh, desiring to be in his temple all the days of our life, to inquire and to gaze upon his beauty. Yeah, I, I think uh, I feel so justified right now. I, it's, it's really weird. It's like we do literally this exact same thing every day. <laughs> Like 22 hours or 20 hours a day for however many years. And fasting is part of our weekly routine. And, and, but a moment where there's a rally point and now the room is flooded and visitors are coming in and, and people are, are coming to do what we do all the time already. And, and it's like, there's this special moment. It's really important. Let's all do it. And it's like, do what? The thing we've already been doing for 17 years? Yeah, exactly. It, just, it feels so like strengthening. Like We are right on the right track. So I, 
the question was, what's the Lord speaking over TPR, you know, in this fast? I just feel such a, a validation of our calling and of who we are and our rhythms, not just our calling, the way we've approached our calling. Because you can have a calling and approach that a number of different ways. I just, I just feel so validated by the Holy Spirit in the way that we've approached our calling with a radical commitment to prayer and fasting. So that would be, that would be my answer. Um, all right. Well, let me ask one that I got here because I got to figure that one out and I got to think hard. And that's not a strength right now. Um, okay. Have you guys heard anything marking, worthwhile, worth repeating from IHOP or others uh, that you'd like to mention? So that could either be, you know, Mike's sending out these daily things. Uh, last night, IHOP did a th- you know, I thing. There's stuff on social media. There's other houses of prayer that are really engaging. There's other leaders in the body of Christ that are engaging in this. Are there any sound bites or, you know, little tidbits or whatever's takeaways um, that have been marking to you uh, related to this fast that you've just been hearing from, from others? Anything along those lines? Um, one thing that I mean, just kind of, I mean, coincidentally, you know, the, the uh, attacks, the rocket attacks and stuff have just increased That's just as, as fast as going on. Crazy. And it's like, okay, so here we are. We're praying, you know, for Israel, you know, right in the midst of this. And I, I've just found that kind of profound, how, how the timing of that, as the enemy would think that, you know, they're going to get this advantage. We're able as a body of Christ globally to, like, really pinpoint and... and get some of our own Iron Dome air support going. So, I mean, it's just nuts that 900 rockets were launched yesterday and only one of them landed. That's just crazy. That is just crazy. I don't know if that's the most that's ever been launched in a day, but I would assume that it is or real close. And just that it's right in the middle of this fast. That's just a crazy side conversation. But, yeah. Anything else on that? Any other sound bites you've heard? You've been too busy praying and crying that you haven't listened to anything Mike said? So Luke Cooper tipped me off to Stuart Greaves has been doing for my hop. Uh, he's been doing these uh, videos called Israel and the Gospel. Little like five minute chunks. They're like great. I put it on my, in my car. Uh, audio only, don't worry. Um, uh, driving here, listening to it. And it's like he, he did this one talking about the, the, the principle of um, like ju- how God does judgment and then he gives redemption right afterwards. And he talked about Adam you know, Adam fell, and but then he released the promise of the, 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 the one who would crush the head of the serpent. And then he, you know, Noah's day, the, the obviously judgment coming, but he saved Noah and he said, I will never flood the earth again. And then he went to the Genesis 11 and was like, you know, the Tower of Babel, the nations um, you know, unite under ungodly, you know, desires, and then he scatters them. And then the very next chapter is Genesis 12, where he gives the call to Abraham. And I had, I had always kind of like, you know, being one who wants to grow in Revelation of Israel, I always kind of just start with or start with Genesis 12. But really, the um, the you know the whole obviously the whole Genesis 1 through 11 is backdrop. But how like God you know judged the nations at the Tower of Babel, but then the way He was going to provide redemption was actually through calling you know Abraham out of a crowd, you know picking that one that He was going to be wow. the vessel of salvation. And so I just I just thought that beautiful like from the foundations, it wasn't like it was like it, part of Israel's like purpose was to like bring salvation, bring redemption to the whole world, to bring all the nations who have been scattered, like to bring them to God. And so I was just like, I wrote that down. I was talking to the Lord about it. I'm like, Stuart, you just dropped a bomb. That's and a so 
So yeah, check out those videos, Israel and the Gospel, five minutes long, and they're super helpful. It's golden. I like it. Uh, one of the questions was, uh, can you give more context on the topic of DFW, TPR, Prophetic Promises? What are these promises, and where can we find more information on them? So on our website, we've got um, in our resource tab a section that, that has some of our prophetic history. And so you can, I mean, there's a ton, 12 hours or more of, uh, of our prophetic history that you can go through. And, and so uh, a lot of these prophetic promises really are tied to revival and, and the prayer room's role in, in not just helping pray into it, but also be, a, be all up in the middle of it as it's happening. So. And there's a back there. There's a prophetic history prayer guide, full stack that we took the 12 hours. And we boiled it down to some main points and put it there and got some prayers. And so, if you're like looking for a Cliff Notes version, that's back there as a resource. By we, he means himself. Luke did all that work. <laughs> also, if you're, oh, we approved it. I mean, we said yeah. We said yeah. Do that. That's great. Also, if you're going on the website, go to resources. Recent or not, not recent teachings, teaching series, and then you'll go to uh, end time prayer movement, and that's where the prophetic history will be. It's a little bit hidden because I've been listening to it recently. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm glad you found it. That's that's excellent. And as far as like the context of what exactly is that, like it's been interesting. Like from our from our foundation, we've been like we've always felt <clears throat> like a draw to to serve the body of Christ in our region, and felt this like we just want to we just want to like our region to grow in God and pray for our region, and so we've, like a lot of these words, it's, it's why it's like DFW slash TPR, is because God has spoken so much to us about this house personally and promises that he's given to us, but then he's also, he knows that we carry a heart for this city, and so he's given us um, a lot of words like for our city, and then, you know, Brad's in a meeting, a pastor's meeting or something, and he gets a word or hears a dream or something from a, a leader in the city that's like a, a promise over the city that kind of you know, he's hearing that and he's hearing, you know, a couple of our uh, TPR promises and this word from that leader like fits right in with that. And so there's there's this this overlap. Obviously, DF, or obviously TPR is part of Dallas-Fort Worth. And so when we're praying this, it's kind of like we're praying the promises that God has given us. And then like from here, like spreading to the region, uh, meaning like we're, we're very much part of the region. It's not just touch TPR. It's touch TPR so we can be a blessing to the region. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, that this this fast, for sure, but even leading up to this fast has helped to clarify for me <clears throat> a number of our prophetic promises, which I've never done anything to try to make any of this happen. It just kept happening over and over, was important people in leadership positions kept singling me out as leading the prayer movement in the region. And uh, that's been the case since 2006. And I never tried to make that happen, but it just kept happening over and over. And one of the greatest points of frustration for me that I really feel like I got some clarity on in the last couple of weeks, I'm just so thankful, I feel unburdened. Uh, One of the greatest points of uh, frustration, however, has always been, okay, well, Lord, if we're supposed to, you know, lead the charge for the prayer movement... But we don't really have that much influence, and we really do not have a gathering anointing. 
Like, we really don't. We have an ungathering anointing. <laughs> we have a backdoor anointing. Like, everybody lead as fast as possible. And it's like, how can we lead if we can't ever gather a crowd who can't gather a group of people? I mean, our encounter service, this is like, we're in the middle of a fast. Like, everybody else's encounter service tonight is, like, packed. And, you know, we, we've got, like, 25 people in the room or whatever. This is, but this is just how it is for us, always. And similarly, any time we've tried to gather the leaders of the prayer movement in the region, it's just been, like, it's really fallen flat. Uh, and, and they all love us because we've all got relationship. It's just we've not really been able to gather. And I had this revelation. It was just a couple of weeks ago in the midst of all this. We have been anointed to pray it in. And we have an are and will. And if we don't, it won't happen because we've been called to do it. Like we have an assignment to pray it in. But that is, that's leadership. It just isn't front man leadership. It's just not up front. It doesn't look like you're doing anything, but you're doing everything behind closed doors. And just going back to all the houses of prayer that started because we were praying around the region. Lord, start a house of prayer in that city, in this part of the town, in this part. And they were starting, which is just, you, that's impossible. How do, but we've been anointed in intercession, but we haven't been anointed in any sort of, you know, upfront gathering anointing sort of a thing. So any of those men that were laying hands on me going, I see this in your life and this is what you're going to do, they were right, but they couldn't have, in, have, have known that it would look the way that it does because it's, it's a new version of leadership that we weren't aware of because leadership always looks like you're in front and everybody's you know, listening to you. And no one listens to us. No one cares except the only one that matters. And he listens to us. And when we pray, he does stuff. And so part of our uh, corporate call, part of our regional connection, part of our TPR prophetic promise is we're going to help usher in this end time prayer movement in the region and beyond. We're going to help usher in those 24 houses of prayer that are going to go 24-7 each in the region. But we, we won't get any credit. And it's like, that's okay. I mean, I, I've settled that one. Like, it's fine. I just want to make sure that we do our part. And I also want to stop trying to do a part that's not our part, that's very frustrating to try to gather people and it doesn't work. And then you just look foolish. And it's like, well, we tried that. And I guess we're really not the leaders in the region of the prayer movement. We really can be undergird, and so I want to be just celebrate those that are going to take front position that are visible, and let's just pray for, like crazy for favor on them, and let's use our redemptive gift of intercession, and let's see these things actually happen. So there's long answer to some of that question that was asked, but um, there was a, a great little uh, point that was just made related to meal prep, just a fasting tip. Um, meal prep is a huge practical tool to fast. Um, it has dramatically changed the way that I fast and has helped me to engage way more. So that's, that's a really good point. Uh, just whatever you're going to do on your fast, having a plan and working the plan instead of day-to-day -day aimlessly hoping things work out and then finding yourself um, eating all the donuts. Um, not that I've ever done that. But I always have a plan. Um, all right, how does this fast feel different compared to other corporate fasts that you've done? So any other corporate fast you've done, how does this feel different, or does, is it the same? I feel like there's, there's so much, you know, this is kind of actually counter uh, point to what you just said about us not having a gathering anointing. I feel so together in this fast, yeah. Uh, yeah. both in this room, but also kind of like globally. Yeah. That's been really cool. So cool. 
It's a big difference. It's really cool. Yeah, there's just like, I mean, we're praying for like the, the biggest things ever, like revival and Lord bless Israel and praying for those topics before, you know, a lot of times it just feels like it's like far off someday. But this fast and with so many engaging and across the world, um, I feel like it's like those things are like closer. Like I really feel like faith to like pray like like this. Like I, I pray all the time, like let this be the season. Let this be the season where we where Israel, you move in the land, where we see revival. And so it's just been, I don't know, like not just praying for something someday, but like I felt this fast, like like, pray, like, like the urgency of like, you know, the answer is upon us. Like, like just let's press in, let's pray. And so it's been encouraging, motivating, and just felt different than a different corporate fast that we've done. Yeah, we've, as a ministry, we've never called a fast like this in tandem with everybody be in the room a ton. Uh, we've called a bunch of fasts or done a bunch of fasts, maybe is a better way to say it. We've done a bunch of fasts in the past, long ones. But this was the first time that we partnered it with and be in the prayer room a lot of extra hours. In fact, everybody commit to come every day. Like, come all 21 days of the fast. Like, that's a, that's a real difference. So that's, that in itself has changed so much of the dynamics for me because it gets back to the whole, there's people in the room all the time, which is a comfort. It's a, it's a commiseration. It's people to intercede. It's fuel because you're hearing other voices and not just the same two or three. Uh, it adds just a fun family dynamic because you're all in this thing together and you're all in the room all day long. And uh, so that's been a real different point for me and one that I've, uh, that's been my favorite part uh, of this fast would be, would be my answer on that. Anything else? I, this is the first community that I've ever done a fast like this in. Um, I mean, I was a part of IHOP, but IHOP has like, factions in their community <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so it it they did fast but it was never like it was never like the leaders being like my personal leaders being like oh hey we're gonna do this fast we're gonna run together um and so it's been a it's been having a community do it really does shine like a grace on it man it's real it really does it's way better to do it this way Having done it every other way. <laughs> yeah, anything else? It's just been felt really good, really good and costly at the same time, but like to, like, I mean, I'm not doing a whole lot else other than this fast. Like every, so many things in my life have been, been paused or scaled back. Yeah. And again, it's, it's been costly and it's, it's been hurting. And uh, I, I feel the ache of, man, not doing that thing. Um, but it's like just being so like laser focused and like all consumed yes. with this fast and with praying it. It's just been so like, it's just been so good to just have one lane. You know, our normal lives were so busy and distracted and so much going on, and and I feel like I feel so like um, much more like uncluttered mm. and just like like focused. And so it's been that just been really. I've never done anything that I can remember like um, like this in you know my history of being part of the prayer movement where it's so so focused and everything is out of the way except for this you know this this thing that we're doing yeah because even the solemn assemblies are just one day long and it's i've found it to be uh, I've a real grace to be able to fully engage for a day even if it's a 20-hour day if it's just one day but when you start stretching out over oh it's like oh this is 
got to do it again tomorrow. I'm just glad we're doing a panel right now. Just a two-hour break. From, whew, this, and so it's, that part is uh, just the, the rigor of the ongoingness of it is, is definitely a real rigor, a real uh, pressure point or pinch point. So, Okay, um, somebody asked, and I just thought this was a great uh, question uh, that probably will be mostly aimed at the, the dads in here. Uh, how do you correctly help your kids hold to their fasting commitment without getting religious? Um, so <clears throat> Billy Humphrey put out a, a tweet um, a couple days ago that was talking about Christianity is, is not trying harder. It's looking at Jesus more. And so I've just really adopted that. I mean, I was like, I'm stealing that. Yeah, that's great. Come and get in my language now. Um, and good. so... So like even even today, you know, taking taking my family to this to this birthday party, um, I would I mean we were like, just have the cupcake and then rejoin the fast, you know. Like I was like, I'm not gonna push, I'm not gonna like put that on you, you know. I myself am, am withholding and, and stuff like that. And so um, finding uh, finding ways to uh, to give grace to give age appropriate like hey you're like really pressing in and and this is real to you and it's not like um some some cute little thing that's like okay uh we're gonna say that you're fasting but you're not really doing they're like really doing it wow and uh and so engaging and stuff like that and so with that uh being very uh sympathetic like Hey, this is like part of fasting, and I'm right here with you, and you know, so those type of things. So sympathizing, and trying to be as uh, as relatable as, as I can, uh, and and all that. So, I just look at the fact that we have kids fasting. I'm like, how is that? That is the least American thing I can think of. <laughs> I mean, that has got to be like the top of the list, and yet it's profoundly biblical. I mean, the fasts in the word were the nursing child shall not eat. Like, yo. And it's like, we may not like that. We may say, no, we're Americans. We're more mature than that. But that's overstepping the word of God. Like, the word shows kids fasting. And we no, what about their developmental growth? I mean, I get all those concerns, but surely God's smarter than we are. And God's the one that said, kids know eating. I mean, it's like, Wow, that's really intense. So I think part of it is just casting the vision for helping our kids to understand that and then letting them decide what they want to do and then just helping them do what they say they're going to do. And, I mean, even, you know, at our house, we had some conversations like, hey, that's a pretty intense thought you have there. Why don't we scale that back just a little bit uh, and see, you know, (laughs) let's, let's... Let's see how the first couple days go first before we, before we go all that way. Um, but but that, that balance of it's real in the word, and that's where we take our orders. We do not take our orders from child protective services. It's like we take our orders from the word of God, and the word of God shows there are times where kids fast. It's like there's a place for that. You don't want them fasting every day. You don't, I mean, they're... There's overboard in everything, but there's also underboard. 
And Americans love underboard. We love to underdo stuff, dial things down, and change Bible language uh, mm. in order to make it more comfortable for our American culture. And, and that's wrong. And, and the Lord, like, doesn't get mad at us about it. He's kind of like, I get it. You guys are weak. But, but it, to call it righteous or godly or, or, or truth, uh, that's, that's incorrect. And so to carry what the Word says and then to have just a lot of uh, grace on our kids yeah. as they're processing it, just like I want you to have grace on me as I process it, um, I think all that kind of helps. I would just want to emphasize the point that you made. You know, I've, I've got four girls, and, and there's, well, the youngest one is not doing it. And she made sure to emphasize that as well today to, the, to them while we were at the birthday party. Anyway, uh, I'm not fasting. Anyway, the, the older three, uh, they all have a different version, and they came up with it themselves. Wow, and, yeah. And so as they were dialoguing with the Lord, it's like, yeah. okay, that's what you're doing. That's yeah. great. So good. All right, shifting gears. And uh, somebody I hadn't talked, like Christy. Uh, what's a, what's a one-minute explanation? So just dumb it down as best you can. When talking to someone outside of the house of prayer, outside of the prayer movement, why are we doing this Isaiah 62 fast? What's a one-minute version of like, why are we doing this? What is this fast? So talking to somebody that's not prayer movement-y, they're just, they're just, you know, people are finding out about this fast either because they heard about it or they... They come into the house of prayer and they see it on the wall or you're a family member and they ask you, like, what's a one-minute kind of dumbed-down version of why are we doing this fast? What is it? Well, uh, lots of answers. But I would say, like, based on the primary passage, Isaiah 62, and I would say that that passage makes really clear um, it says, cry out and tell, Jerusalem is made a praise in the earth. And we connect that with um, other passages from the New Testament, Matthew 23, and uh, so on. It's like, in order for Jesus to come back, the, the Jews have to say, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. And we look at Romans and other passages that say one of the, the primary ways that the Jews are going to be provoked to come to the Lord is by this thing called the fullness of the Gentiles coming to know uh, their Messiah and Israel gets jealous and then in the end turns. And so really this fast where we're praying for Israel to be saved so Jesus can come back. And then we're also praying for like the fullness of the Gentiles, send revival to America so that all of us together, like we can provoke Israel and even our praying for Israel, let, let that provoke Israel. And so it's, it's focused on praying for Israel and then also the means, revival to the Gentiles, the means that Israel is going to get provoked to jealousy. That's great. Great answer. And that answered a couple of questions we had on here. So you like killed two or three birds with one stone. I've never seen anybody <laughs> throw a rock and hit a bird, but you hit three. So good job. Um, a little bit more generic question that came in. Uh, is there a specific passage or scripture that has struck you in a fresh way during this fast? Any, any passage that's been Hosea fresh? 10, 12. Yeah. Or is it 12, 10? 10, 12. That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, you know, break up the fallow ground and that you may seek the Lord and then send the, the rains. And uh, anyway, that's, that's just been, um, you know, one that I've had in my intercession back pocket that I hardly ever use, but, yeah. but during this fast, it's like, yeah, 
I love that verse. Yeah. I'm praying it all the time now. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's been one that's, that's been really fun. Amen to that exact verse in, for me, too. I mean, that's, yes, everything you just said. That's good. Okay. Um, wait, kind of tag team on that. Uh, what's the verse you've heard the most prayed on the mic so far this past? Isaiah 62, Watchman on the Wall. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just glad it's not Ephesians 1, 17. Because for the first time in this ministry's history, That's that is not the winner right now. You know? <laughs> so. I've heard Acts 4, 31 a lot. Um, shake the building with presence. I've heard Acts 3, uh, 19 to 20 a lot. Um, yeah. That's great. All right. How are you guys planning, if there's anything different, if there's any uh, amendments or, or adjustments, how are you guys planning to press in in week two of this fast? So we just finished week one. We're going into week two, uh, how are you planning to, to press in? Like just kind of what's your strategy? What's your hope? Personally, I've been preparing my notes to teach next week on Israel. So I spent a lot of time this week like just putting putting those together and studying and a bunch of stuff. And putting it now I've got like the draft of the notes done. So I'm going to spend the next week like praying the notes um, and using the verses in my notes to pray for Israel because it's all about Israel. So I'm going to ba basically be praying my notes for Israel um, and hopefully that can fuel me to teach next week and also it's like right in line with everything we're doing. And I also, I really like the point um, that Tyler was talking about, but just like different posture and you were making this point too, Brad. Um, and I haven't been doing it during this fast because because I've been on my computer a lot. Um, but over the past few months, I've been coming back to a posture that used to be really powerful for, to me, just sitting on the floor. Um, and so I think I'm going to spend a lot more time over the next week or two sitting on the floor with a blanket on my lap. Won't have anything possibly. to do with the fact that you can't stand up because you're so weak, right? <laughs> <laughs> I might even, you might even see me put the blanket over my head. That's been a thing recently. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll be on the floor with a blanket praying through my Israel notes. <laughs> That's good. I just kind of kidding but not i'm i'm prepping this week to be weaker like i know i'm going to be weaker physically and that's going to mean things and so i'm trying to prep myself mentally to try to like get some good patterns and defaults because i just know this week is going to get fuzzy and uh and so that that makes everything Fuzzy. So I'm just I'm trying to mentally prepare uh, because if you know you're at a ten, you can operate at a ten. But if you know next week you're going to be at a two, you need to kind of like be prepping for what does that look like. And for me, I'm I'm mostly thinking of when I'm in the room, how do I stay engaged, and just kind of what am I going to do in my head and my mind, and it's just for me, pacing like a freight train is my best go-to to get engaged. I mean, to just really focus now, it's a little problematic when you don't have a lot of energy. But, you know, a slumpy, sluggish freight train can still be a freight train. So I'll, <laughs> I'll probably be pacing all the more next week uh, in order to not fall asleep and everything else. So that's just kind of my prep point. Anything else? Prepping for week two? Mm -mm. You're planning to be here, aren't you? You're going to come? Don't leave me hanging <laughs> this room. So one thing I, I kind of experimented with this past week that I think I'm going to continue okay. is uh, I started drinking 
uh, like warm water, kind of the temperature of coffee would be. And it's kind of like a mind trick. It's like, mmm. Not coffee. Sad. Hot water. <laughs> you like it? You tricked yourself big I'm time. I'm thinking man. coffee thoughts as I. Oh my god. The steam, hot water. Oh, dude, I can't go there. I, okay. To each his own, I guess. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, the final question I've got here for us here tonight is uh, what are you personally hoping and praying for as a result of this fast? So obviously all the corporate stuff we're praying for, but get that more specific. Like what, what are you hoping happens as a result of this fast? What are you really pressing in for and believing? So this is less like what are you hoping happens in your personal life? This is more like of these things that we're praying for, like what are you, what are you personally believing and pressing in would, would happen as a result of this fast? I'd say two things. One, I know that we're, we're adding incense into that golden bowl of intercession. Yeah. Um, so I know that it's amounting to something, and we'll, we'll see that thing filled at some point. But the biggest thing that, I, that I, I realized, I think, on Tuesday is our community's DNA is shifting during this fast. And I think we're, we're getting a, an, an upgrade in our corporate intercession that I'm like, really excited about you all have to answer this one nobody gets an out I think something that I've been I'm really hoping for and praying into is just like the church globally coming to a deeper level of maturity through really caring about Israel and the five million or so that are joining in like it's a down payment of that but just like if the church can care for Israel enough to fast for 21 days and really contend and seek the heart of God, like I feel like that's going to be a major step towards the church growing in maturity where we care more about the things that are on the heart of God than our own personal blessings or whatever. That's good. Yeah, I've just been really carrying the whole... Um, like the Bob Jones word, 1983, about the spiritual drought and then the appointed day when you're going to send the rain. I've just been really carrying the whole way uh, through the fast, just like, Lord, let, like, let, let this be the season. So I'm really, I'm really praying for, like, whether that's right afterwards or, but, like, sometime in 2023, like, let this, like, let, like actually shift things, Lord. Like Andy said, we're filling that bowl, and it's, it's got to get full eventually. So it's like, let this actually be the season where you do something different, where you Pour out your spirit where you touch Gen Z, where you, yeah. you know, stir the church to pray, all that stuff that we're praying for. I'm like, let, like, Lord, let this be the season of fulfillment of these, these promises and launch us into a new season as, as, a, as a nation. I'll just jump in because you brought up kind of a touch point. Um, I'm really believing that the Lord, as a result of this fast, so I don't know that it'll necessarily come during the fast. But as an answer to the prayers that we're praying, I think the Lord is going to give us increased clarity of our part in helping birth those 24, 24-hour houses of prayer in the region. Like, I've just been really feeling that one. That's, of, of every prayer, that's been the one that my heart has been leaping the most about, is whenever that one shows up uh, in the, you know, up on the screen of praying for the 24, 24-7 houses of prayer. Just really feeling like the Lord's going to give us increased 
clarity, marching orders, relationship, opportunities to help further uh, move that forward. Um, so I'm just, I'm excited about that, that point. Something I've been really wanting just for me personally, I think we extend this corporately as well, is just to like touch a deep place of um, friendship with God in praying for the things on his heart, like with Israel specifically, but then also, also revival and all the things like, let's just carry that over for everything we pray for ever. Um, just to like hit that. Cause I, I know I've, I've, I've touched some deep moments before, but it's been a while since I've had one of those like marking deep intercession moments. Um, and I, I want to go that deep again. And I, I want all of us to go that deep. And like Chris, you were saying like the whole, the whole church, um, and there's something, there's something about Israel where it, 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 those deep, deep things on God's heart, it's almost like there's a shortcut to intimacy and friendship there where he's just like so eager to like fellowship with anyone willing to talk to him about the thing that he wants to talk about. It's, it's like an instant shortcut into like deep, deep friendship. So that's, that's something that I'm really, like really hoping and wanting. Yeah, what that one said. That was good, Caitlin. How do you follow that? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I just, I want to see the, this community really f- discover what it means to find joy in the house of prayer. Wow. And this place yeah. to be, not, not just we come here to do our set and we, we check it off, but we actually look forward to to being here, and I know I, I don't want to put I don't want to uh, over expect what's going to happen after the fast, but I I'm going to miss the times when we're all in this place together, and we're and I I it's my prayer that that it just keeps happening where we're all just so hungry to be here, not because of the presence of God, but because we desire to be in that this house and we desire to be here together, and that's. That's, it would be so nice for that to be the reality, but we will, I'm, this is my prayer, and this is what I, yeah. That's good. Well, just even on that point, before the fast started, there was a wave of people committing to seven days a week at 5 a.m. that weren't on Sacred Trust. I mean, I mean, weren't on it for all those days or whatever, and just, just in their heart. So it's like, and that was before the fast. So I was even maybe a little down payment of what we're hoping the Lord would do here in our midst, so. Well, great. Well, man, thanks. That was awesome. Well, look, I'm just going to pray. Hey, go ahead. You can, you can clap. People said some good stuff. Um, just as some, you know, kind of outro or whatever. It's not too late. There's still two weeks left of this thing. If you've not been doing it, just jump in with us. If you've been doing it a little and you're hearing these testimonies, jump in all the way. Like, Go for it. I'm telling you, if, if all I would have done was just this last week, I would have been deeply impacted by what's already occurred in one week. So don't look at two weeks left as like, oh, I'm not really doing it. Like, jump in and just come every day. Come seven days a week for the next two weeks. Come into the building. Try to press in with us and, uh, and go somewhere together. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.